This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, bonus episode 19 centimeter. On today's episode, I'll review the Weird Al Strings Attached Tour at Art Park Amphitheater in Lewiston, New York, on July 23rd, 2019. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave, what are you doing here? I didn't want to wait to find out what happened at, on this review, so I drove all the way up to Lewiston, New York, just to sit in and hear you do the review. Wow. I mean, you should have just come to the show if you're making the trip. Yeah. Well, when I got to Lewiston, you weren't there. Yeah, I didn't stay over. I, I was staying with my grandma in Syracuse, like a three-hour drive. Well, I know, because then after Lewiston, I found that out, but I didn't realize you were staying with your grandmother, so I drove all the way to your apartment in upstate New York. Uh and then I was like, Ethan's not here. So then I drove all the way to your grandmother's house. So I'm really tired right now. So how long have you been here with my grandma? Uh, like two days. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you drove to Lewiston a few days early, realized I wasn't there because I wasn't there yet. Dave, I don't know what's going on, but you know, I'm glad that you're here. <laughs> It'll be nice to have someone else listen to my madness and hear about the Lewiston show. It was, you know, I, like the whole time leading up to Lewiston, I always just assumed it was Buffalo and it, it is Buffalo area, but really it was very close to Niagara Falls. So a little bit outside of Buffalo and it was great. I So I actually worked a full day of work in Syracuse. I stayed with my grandma and then right after work buzzed right up to Lewiston. Took about three hours, maybe a little more with traffic. And it wasn't a bad drive though. It was really cool driving past, you know, all the signs for Niagara Falls. Like I said, I, I really didn't do any research into where Lewiston was. <laughs> Literally <laughs> until I typed it into my GPS and got there. So... <laughs> It was a surprise to me. And it was actually very close to the Canadian border. I literally got off the last exit before the bridge over to Canada, which was pretty interesting. Did you go to Niagara Falls? I saw the pictures of uh, the band and everybody in Niagara Falls. No. Uh, if I didn't have to work, I would have. But I literally, I got there with like just enough time to see the show. So I got there, I got to the parking lot, and I park, and I get out, and I just realize I have no idea where I'm going from that spot. <laughs> like I'm parked and it's like, I don't see the venue. I don't see any signs. And I'm like, did I even come to the right place? And so like, I see some people like kind of drinking some beers at their trunk. I was like, Hey, uh, where do I go? They're like, well, you can go that way or that way. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> okay. They're like, uh, but why don't you take those stairs right there? That's probably the best way. I'm like, okay. So I go down the <laughs> stairs and sure enough, it, that was actually the better way. It took me right to the, the entrance and I, I go in, I, I scan my, you know, they scan my ticket and it was this huge, so it was like a venue, like a big outdoor stage and it was just a huge hillside. So there were kind of like lawn chair, kind of folding chairs set up around the front and then there was like a fence around that. And then there were more chairs behind that. And then there was a fence around that. And then it was just open grass. So people could just sit anywhere. But if you had a, a paid like reserve ticket, you got to sit in one of those like chair sections. So I got in and there wasn't a whole lot of time before the show started, but I did want to peruse, see if there was any venue specific posters or anything. So I went over to the merch booth. I didn't see anything out of the ordinary. Still the brown bag as expected. Did get to see Marnie. I said hi to her. They had the like a little sub shop, like a local sub shop set up there there were all sorts of food vendors and you know, like there was like sausage and peppers and there was a sub shop like i 
mentioned chicken wings like really it was just it was kind of cool kind of like i guess like kind of fair food like kind of what you'd expect and you know local vendors and stuff so i literally i stopped working and drove three hours so i had not eaten anything so i got a, a little sub and as i'm heading towards where my seats were there is this guy and there's like people kind of like wrapped around watching him and he is doing this giant painting of weird al which is really cool oh, wow. um and so, you know, I had heard something about this. Apparently, this Lewiston venue, Art Park, every week over the summer, they have like a different big artist and they do like a weekly concert. And so Al was part of this. And they have this artist who comes in and he does this giant portrait in a, you know, in a very artistic, you know, not not realistic, but like, you know, very kind of cartoony, caricaturish way painting of the people who come in. So he, what they do is they do that and then they do a, a raffle where you can win that painting. And so I'm like, wow, this oh, is cool. Nice. And as a collector... and I'm sure you understand this. Like you want that, right? Of course. <laughs> I'm trying to angle out. How can I get that right now? Right. So, <laughs> and it's not done. He's literally there sketching it and starting to fill it in with color and stuff while like there for people to watch. So it was actually pretty cool to kind of watch the process. So it was, a, it was a big canvas. It was probably like at least three feet wide by three or four feet tall. It was big. And next to him, he had like kind of an inspiration board and it was just like 50 or so images of Weird Al's face from different angles and like all this stuff was pretty cool. And... I like I'm looking at him like you know how would I like this it wouldn't fit in my car like <laughs> I have a Subaru Impreza hatchback and so you know seats fold down it has a lot of space but I don't think it had enough space for this <laughs> canvas it's pretty big so I was like well I, I feel like I need to enter like at the very least of I need course. to enter so I, I talked to the woman who was taking the money and I was like hey you know how does this work she's like oh you know after the show we're gonna do a drawing and then the winner can have it and I was like oh so I could just take it home with me tonight if I won she's like no it'll take a couple couple more weeks for the artist to finish it i was like oh so you ship it she's like no you'd have to pick it up so so then i'm like quickly like maybe this isn't for me i was like you know i I drove in from you know near albany new york you know would they ever ship and she's like i don't think so (laughs) and so i convinced myself that i did not need to enter um and i did not enter it is a cool piece though and i did take a picture of the in process i can show that to you dave oh yeah yeah so unfortunately i was not in the running i did not win someone else won (laughs) i don't know what i would do with it i mean like it's it's cool but <laughs> How like it's so big that it, there's not I could not do anything with it. I just hope that they like scanned it and are making prints because that would be really cool to have. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. So that was interesting. So so then I go in and I mentioned how there's like multiple fences like with uh, stuff around it. You kind of right. have to go through a checkpoint at each fence. It's like <laughs> oddly like, you know, an airport almost like a lot of security. Like TSA, did you have to take off your shoes and your belt? <laughs> yeah, I, like, metal detector? it was pretty close to that. I think because there are so many people, there are thousands of people at this venue and there's only a couple of these reserved seats, only a few rows that they have to police keeping people out. So I had to go through like a checkpoint, like at every gate (laughs) to get in. And then I finally got in and I went to my seat, but it was kind of weird. Mine was like section 17, but the only section I saw was like 117. I don't have the ticket in front of me. There was something like that. So I was kind of confused. I was like, oh, but this must be it. There's an empty seat. So I sat down and while I'm sitting there waiting, I see this couple ahead of me and they had a young daughter and you could tell she was really excited. She was very young. She's maybe like two or three. And and one of the fathers had, I saw on the lower part of his arm, the word stupid. <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder if it says dare to be stupid. So I'm like kind of watching him and kind of like he moved his arm and I could see like 2B above it. I'm like, oh, he okay. must, <laughs> this must be a, a Weird Al tattoo. The right, guy's at right, a Weird right. Al show. You know, he's got a great seat. It must be Weird Al. So I was like, excuse me. 
is that a Weird Al tattoo? And the guy's like, yeah! And he, like, you know, lifted up his seat. He's like, check it out! He's like, oh, I need to get it touched up. You know, it's been a couple years and it's starting to fade. Oh, it was wow. really cool. It was kind of like, you know the style where it's like a ransom note, where it's like a bunch of different, like, cut-out letters, like, all pasted oh, yeah, together? yeah. I think I showed you this. I think I sent you this picture or, or showed it to you. And it said, Dare to be stupid. It's super cool. And then he's like, And check this out. And he pulls up the sleeve on his other arm. He had this beautiful UHF logo tattoo. And it was Aww. like so crisp. And the colors were so good. It was so like really cool. Oh, wow. One of the sharpest tattoos I've seen in a long time. And so I was admiring it. And I was like, Hey, maybe you, you get a kick out of this. I do a Weird Al podcast. I handed him a card and a sticker. And then I was like, Oh, and I bet she'd like like another sticker so i handed her an extra sticker too <laughs> so it was cool and then a few minutes after that this guy comes sits down next to me and he's got two kids with him and he says to his one kid like oh just you can sit on my lap so one kid sitting on his lap the other kid is sitting next to him and after a few minutes he strikes up a conversation and we're just chatting he, you know he's saying that this is his you know x number weird al show he's seen first one for these kids and uh, he's talking about how much he loved the Vanity Tour last year. And he's like, you know, I just, I love, you know, everyone at these shows are just like so kind. And it's, you know, Weird Al is such a great fan base. It's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, you know, like you're sitting in one of my seats, but I'm not going to kick you out. Like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> and I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you're sitting in, in one of my seats. And I was like, I didn't know that. I thought I was sitting at my seat. And I looked and, you know, I, I thought I was in the right section, but 117 and 17 were different sections. So I was uh-huh. like, oh, I, like, I'm not like, yeah, you're being nice and you're letting me see here. I'm not going to be the guy who's sitting in the <laughs> wrong seat. So I politely excused myself and I found my correct seat, which was like another section over. So I sat in my, my new seat all by myself. <laughs> none of my friends were there. None of my tattoo friend or guy Aww. with kid friends that were there. And it was fine. I mean, it wasn't as good of a seat, but it, it was it was the seat I paid for. So uh, I settled in and it was fine. So what was this guy going to do if he just sat in his seat? You no, know, he was insisting. He's like, no, you should sit here. And I, I just didn't feel comfortable with that. So, <laughs> And he didn't bring it up in a way like hey you better move man he's just like you know this is you know this is fine like he's like i'm i'm happy that you're gonna sit with us kind of a thing but i i just didn't feel comfortable so (laughs) so i I sat in my own seat (laughs) i mean yeah i mean i didn't want to it just it felt weird i i just i felt like i was in the wrong so okay so I left. I left. <laughs> I noticed there were no confetti cannons on the stage. It was an outdoor thing. And I guess it tends to, when they don't do confetti, it's like an outdoor thing. Although we have seen certain indoor yeah. venues. I think it really is just a venue preference, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any real schedule or anything that they follow. Which I think it's yeah. just kind of the venue. They'll probably clear it. Hey, can we use some kind of confetti or streamers? And the venue will say no or yes. Right. Oh, I, this is the other thing I meant to say earlier so when i'm actually entering the park like initially entering getting my ticket scanned there was a big sign that said you know no this no this no this and most of these venues let you bring in like a bottle of water but this one said no bottles of water even if they're sealed and i had one in my hand that i brought because most of these outdoor venues let you bring at least one sealed bottle of water so i just stuck it in my back jean pocket (laughs) I, i wasn't like hiding it like i just put it in my pocket and nobody said anything so it was it was clear so i enjoyed my sandwich i enjoyed my water <laughs> i went and they had like a, a beer stand but they had those you know those like giant cans of beer like the ones that are taller oh, than yeah, a bottle yeah, yeah. of water like <laughs> and they had i don't even remember which one it was either i think it was molson and i sat down and my new next door seatmate was like oh molson i'm more of a labat guy i'm like okay <laughs> like this is what they had <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. And we're also close enough to Canada that it's right. like, I, I think you can have those allegiances. 
So the uh, Stormtrooper Symphony kicked off with Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it was Eric conducting. Okay. And then right to Superman. So there was no Mission Ooh, Impossible. interesting. And then Superman, of course, into Star Wars. And I noticed, you know, that it was still really bright out. It was, I mean, it was like a, you know, an earlier show, right. but it was brighter than any of those, you know, seven o'clock shows that I've seen so far that were outside. So that was kind of weird. Then, you know, it was also, it was kind of nice that it was very mild. So it was very pleasant and it being bright out wasn't really a huge issue it was just kind of interesting to me okay because it just it isn't normally that bright fun zone was great as always and it was kind of bright enough that you could see you know usually you can see bermuda and steve come out but right. you could really see them because there was no hiding it <laughs> and there was a screen on the left and then al comes out a big applause of course, of course. we went into the medley did he do the boneless boy dance he did of course <laughs> He, of course. I didn't write that down, but I remember that he did. Because I think he's done it. Like As soon as you pointed it out, I think I've noticed him do it every yeah, time. Yeah, I think he does it every concert, so that's probably not yeah. something we need to track. But, you know, it's, it's always nice to notice. But we shall. <laughs> so after the medley, he went into Twineball. And I know we love to pay attention to what he says before Twineball. Yes. And I'm pretty sure he said Lewinston when he, you know, he said, how's it going, Lewinston? Or, I, I, I swear I heard that. I wrote it down. I'm not 100% sure but i'm pretty sure so then he goes it's great to be near niagara falls in the greater metropolitan buffalo Mm -hmm. he's like i had a, a day off in niagara falls it was really great he said and of course you know this area is most famous for niagara falls but it's not the greatest tourist destination he said it's a distant second because the greatest sight ever beheld by human eyes is of course the biggest ball of twine <laughs> and then went into twine ball which was great i didn't hear the horn okay but i also forgot to specifically listen to it but it was enjoyable i know you're wondering yes jim was wearing a school jacket yes steve was headphoneless and yes jim's hair was still cut <laughs> From uh, Vienna. Vienna. (laughs) So then Word Crimes was great. I was trying to see if this note had to do with Word Crimes. (laughs) It has to do with one more minute. It looks like I I got real, like, conservative on my uh, piece of paper, and I started writing in different directions. So So Word Crimes, no notes for Word Crimes. One more minute, all sorts of Word Crimes, all different directions. I noticed that Al's gals, when they start Word Crimes, they kind of tilt the three microphones together. You mean one more minute when they start one more minute? Yes. Yep. When they start one more minute. So Al, of course, went out into the crowd, as he always does for one more minute. The first woman he sang to, she kind of like started petting Al's hair, (laughs) which is kind of bizarre. And then the second one, Al sat on her lap and she like hugged Al. And then Al has been, I've noticed, instead of throwing the boxers from the stage, he does it kind of in the front. Yep. And so he threw it and... I don't. It hit a lady. Like he picked out a lady. He pointed at her. Right. He threw it, and the boxers just like like it hit her in the head, but then fell behind her. Oh. And then the guy behind her picked it up and put it on her head, <laughs> like <laughs> slid it down on her face. It was so funny. I think she kind of was like, oh, you know, I missed it, and then it just showed up on her face. It right. was really funny. <laughs> I mentioned that this this venue behind the the seated area was just like huge hill right like huge like very vast it went out far to either side and al kind of pointed to the people like on the far like gym side like far back he's like hey what are you guys doing way over there (laughs) (laughs) come over here (laughs) it was really funny uh then they went into drum solo yep which uh is hard not to love 
the drum solo. Then we went into Jurassic Park. Yep. And I am. Do you want to guess what color Al's drink was? Oh, I'm gonna stick with the uh, red again. It was red Yay. again. You're right. You were right. And the sad Dino guy. Every time Aww. it gets me. <laughs> that poor guy. He just wants his friends to write back, and then they get brutally blown up. <laughs> In a helicopter. So sad. During Don't Download This Song, there was a woman a few rows ahead of me, and a moth just, like, landed in her hair. <laughs> so I wrote that down. <laughs> did she freak out or anything, or did it just land in she her hair? She didn't notice. It just landed in her hair. It was there for the song, and then after the song, took off. I think it was just the moth's favorite song. I was saying, he... it's probably that moth's favorite song, and that moth just showed up <laughs> just to hear Al perform Don't Download This Song with an orchestra. Right, yeah, and then the moth's like, all right, well, I gotta I gotta go turn into a caterpillar or whatever, so. It flew off and it got eaten by a dinosaur. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't forget to write, moth, and then gone. After Don't Download This Song was, of course, Weasel Stomping Day, which, you know, it's it was so bright that it's hard not to see, you know, Lisa and Alice Gallus, like, grabbing the, the Viking helmets and stuff. Oh, so it was still bright at this point, because usually by this point of the show, I mean, even though it starts out bright, it gets a little darker by this point of the show. Yeah, it was still bright out. But it's still bright. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, still bright. Like, it was weird. I don't know if it's just because we were so far north or... What I don't know what the explanation is. It must be the northern lights. You're way up there. Yeah. <laughs> so then after Weasel Stomping Day was the bass solo. Mm. Continuing my theory that the bass solo happens during One More Minute shows and the orchestra solo happens during You Don't Love Any More shows. So my theory is currently... Um, 11 out of 11 so <laughs> so so far we haven't seen we haven't seen anything that, that contradicts your theory correct but maybe we'll bring that up on a uh, on a cons- special conspiracy episode of our podcast yeah. and see uh, yeah see see what others think about that <laughs> was there anything special with uh with uh steve's bass he did not play it with his mouth he did use his hand I, uh, oh, okay. I I noticed. So so then it was tacky. You know, it's always great when Al goes out in the audience and messes with the audience. He took a guy's hat and walked away wearing it. <laughs> and then um, I noticed that at the last beat of the song, when Al's back on stage, him and the and Al's gals like kind of posed at the end, which was pretty cool. So then we had Harvey the Wonder Hamster. We had Jackson Park Express. So I'm guessing there were no uh, c- confetti then for Harvey the Wonder Hamster. No, Har- no, yeah. Seen any, there was no cannons. Any confetti cans. Yeah. Okay. You know, but so during Tacky, when he's out there walking around, you kind of get a view of, of the front couple of rows. And I noticed that there were a lot of empty chairs. And I'm sitting, you know, way the heck to the right, uh, way the heck to Steve's side in the back. <laughs> and I see these empty chairs. I'm like, Al can't love looking out and seeing a bunch of empty chairs up front because some you know sometimes they'll do giveaways and those people don't show up like i work in the you know touring entertainment industry and it's like you give out a free ticket and there's maybe a 40 percent chance the person actually shows up regardless of how great of the show is it's just but this i mean that doesn't make sense to me this is weird al you show up if somebody gives you a free weird al ticket you show up i agree Maybe they got stuck at the border or something. Maybe it went to a guy in Canada. I don't know. Maybe they're sitting back with that gentleman yeah. who, uh, who was... Uh, they're sitting who, in his other... Offering, offering up a seat to everybody. <laughs> That's a good point. So I see all these empty seats, and I've already like sat in the wrong seat. And I, I forgot to mention this in the, the Boston review, but Bob had nobody sitting next to him. And he kept like texting me and ushering me over like hey come sit but i i was pretty close to bob anyway and i was really happy with my seat so i didn't move and it it is always a little uncomfortable to to move because 
you can get kicked out. You can get in trouble. But, I, you know, I saw all these empty seats in the second and third row. I'm like, I am just going to go for it. So I, you know, during Jackson Park Express, I just kind of like moseyed my way over and I, I picked a <laughs> spot and sat down right in the second row or second or third row. And I felt like a rebel. Like I was totally like, you know, I was totally getting away with something. So I'm sitting there and like as Jackson Park Express is ending. Security came over and threw you out? Well, no. Every time like a security guard was like walking by, I'm like, they're here to kick me out. Like I was so nervous. But then this uh, then this guy comes back. He makes eye contact with me and he kind of nods his head like, get out of my seat. So I got out of his seat um, and I just grabbed a, like a you know, across the aisle, another, like, you know, it was an aisle seat, maybe third or fourth row. And that guy, like, sat down, and there was, like, four empty seats on either side of him. So I'm like, okay, I don't know how many of these seats are his. I, I guess I just happened to sit in the one seat of that whole thing that was his seat. So, so I sat in this other section. So now you're on your fourth seat of the evening. Correct. Correct. <laughs> third, not my actual seat. <laughs> So then Smells Like Nirvana started, and for the first time in 11 shows, I got wet by the cup (laughs) this tour. (laughs) First time this tour, I got wet. So I was really happy that I was able to move up and you were finally anointed with the smells like yes water I you know I've I've been doused before in the past but n- right but not this tour like even that one show Philly where we were very close we yes. were like third yes. row center and it just stopped like the guy next to us and we didn't get wet so <laughs> have you gotten wet this tour I have I've got I got in uh in Florida okay okay it's always cool i mean that's always just like a really cool moment like it's kind of you feel not i don't want to say it's like a you know like a religious you know uh, <laughs> experience or anything like that but right it, it is like a kind of a, a moment if as a weird al fan you kind of understand i got anointed by the smells like nirvana water yeah it's like, okay. there's only so much water the holy water right <laughs> it's like you know if you went to any other concert and it's like yeah i got splashed with water while i was watching this concert people like oh i'm sorry you had a bad experience right. <laughs> at this concert you know i'm I'm sorry there are people around you were idiots and you're like no no i wanted to get hit by the water i really did and, and i was I, hoping it would happen i wanted underwear thrown at me i want i wanted sweat wiped on a rag handed to me like, it's a very weird experience to people who've never been to an al show he threw the cup out after smells like nirvana was it towards you or so i think i actually misspoke so i actually i was still in that second row second or third row the guy i think the guy kicked me out right after smells like nirvana when the videos were playing okay and so i was very close to the cup but it i guess i was in the third row because it it landed uh in the second row some guy grabbed it so sometime between smells like nirvana and dare to be stupid is when the guy kind of nodded and i moved all right, by this point, it's almost the end of the concert. He, was he just showing up at this point? <laughs> I think he, he had like an, like an armful of beer, so I think he was just waiting in a long line or something. An armful of beer. That's interesting. Didn't they have cups there? No, they, they just had those giant cans, like I mentioned. So he had like a couple of those beers. So Dare to be Stupid is getting ready to start. And usually it's dark enough that you don't really see everyone coming out, getting set up. Uh, I'll remind at this point, it's still very light out. It was broad daylight. So I could see everyone coming out. And one thing that, you know, I've kind of noticed here or there, but it was very prominently on display with it being bright out 
is every person does the Dare to be Stupid walk as they're coming out to their positions. The backup singers, Jim, Ruben, yes. they do like a very like robotic, Devo-esque yes. Dare to be Stupid walk. And it was just, it was great getting to see it. You know, everyone like keeps their faces like very firm and they just... <laughs> You know, walk out. They're in character when they come out, and I, I appreciated that. Yeah, I do appreciate that about that song is that the entire song, every person up on stage, you know, stays in character. Yeah. That entire song. Yeah. It, it's just this little detail that, you know, and, and they're playing instruments too. So it's to be like, well, you can understand, you know, if like Jim or Steve or someone, you know, had to actually loosen up a little bit to play their instrument. But no, they're just robots yep. up there playing their instruments yep. and they're playing it well. So it's like, it's just a really a, a compliment to the band how you know they can perform <laughs> right music like that and stay in character they're performing while they're performing it's it's right. like multi-level multi-dimensional and i don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before maybe we have but lisa monique and scotty throughout dare to be stupid they are just like kind of moving like kind of robotically like yes. every every couple beats they like turn their head like jerk it around looking around and it's it's so much fun to watch there's so much so much to watch for during dare to be stupid you know i love watching al's hand signals and the you know spitting on a fish yes. part and the barking up the tree but it's like there's so much great stuff to watch there's so many small details that you have to see a show 11 times to fully appreciate (laughs) (laughs) at least 11 at least 11 times so white nerdy of course people went wild for that as they should then we went into Amish Paradise, and because I've noticed it a couple times, I, I started watching for when Al says, even Ezekiel thinks that my mind is gone. I look for it to see if Jim does the, you know, loopy hand motion, and he right. did not do it in Lewiston. Oh. So then during the vamp, Al referred to the orchestra as the Art Park Symphony Orchestra. So I don't know if that was their official name or if that's what Al anointed them. But uh, <laughs> it was great. Well, whatever it is, it's their name now. Right. So the encore starts and I'll tell you, it was still light out. So it wow. was very interesting to see the stage essentially fully lit. So Rubemperer comes out and he does the, you know, having the crowd cheer and stuff. And a great joke is after he's done with that, he usually points to the orchestra and then, you know, waves them off because they never do right. anything. Except this time Rubemperer points to the orchestra and they went, yeah. They all cheered. <laughs> it was so great. It was so great. So I don't know if they were prepped or or if they just noticed it, but it was awesome to see them do that. What was Ruben's reaction to that? I think he was kind of surprised. <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised for Ruben. Yeah. So that was actually really great. So then the Star Wars folks came out. And it was... You know I want to know who was in the Star Wars Of course. So I'm trying to think Boston was the one where it was only like three stormtroopers on either side. Well, you wouldn't think that Niagara Falls would have a more awesome lineup (laughs) than Boston, Massachusetts, but it did. So not only did it have the three stormtroopers on either side, but between the troopers and Vader was a scout trooper. And I noticed that the scout troopers, they did not have any guns. So they just used their hands to... uh, (laughs) To dance, yes. Yeah. I always like to look for the trooper boop to see if Steve, you know, moves someone aside. But the note I wrote down was expert navigation because Steve just kind of, <laughs> he came out and he kind of like through the swaying, like kind of like slipped between them like a secret agent. He uh, slipped right in. He got his base and got into the song. It was just, it was superb seeing that navigation. And I did take note that 
Al singing He's a Ghost went super long. I feel like we almost need to start bringing a stopwatch and timing <laughs> that for the spreadsheet because it's, I feel like he just goes as long as he can. Yes. It surprises me because then he goes into the next verse or he continues singing and he doesn't sound out of breath. So Al is, I'm sure as no surprise, a true professional singer. Yes. He knows what he's doing. And, you know, as impressive as, as Al consistently is, it's always impresses me when he does the he's a ghost line. It's just, it's so funny. And I, cause you know, that's the song where everyone is always singing along. And yes, I love hearing the people, you know, continue on in the song and then realize that Al's still singing. And then they all laugh. <laughs> like, it's just, I love that realization. I love experiencing that every show. So Yoda happened. Al did not come out in the audience for the second verse. He just said, do it better. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it was great. And, you know, by the end of Yoda, it started getting a little bit dark. <laughs> like, it was so weird that it literally took the whole show for it to start getting dark out. But it was wow. a great show. I really enjoyed it. And I had been in touch with Lisa Popeil. And yes. she knew I was going to be at the show. And I had told her that I'd never met Monique. So she's like, oh, I'll, I'll meet you after the show. And I'll see if Monique can come out and say hi. So... This was really great. I got to to meet up with Lisa. She, you know, she's always so so great and, and fun to talk to. And she brought out Scotty and Monique. So I got to meet Monique for the first time. And she's wonderful. I got to meet also little Al for the first time. Aww. And she introduced me to little Al. She showed me some footage. She said, like, hey, we got to the venue early. And they recommended this great nature trail. So they went for a hike earlier in the day. And she took a lot of really funny videos and, and pictures of little Al. And she showed me one of them. And I think she's posted it since. I mean, certainly by the time this <laughs> this comes out, it'll be out. But she put little Al in a stream and like filmed him like going over like <laughs> mini waterfalls and stuff. And the way that it just like floats is hilarious. And it's just like bopping around, going down this like waterfall. Like it was so funny. Not quite Niagara Falls, but <laughs> a little one. Put little Al in a little barrel right. and set him over a little waterfall. That would be awesome. Yeah, okay. But no, his head floats, so... And she showed me. She showed me two uh, distinct characteristics of little Al. She's like, this is how you know it's the real little Al. And she said, all of the paint is worn off of his nose, and... His glasses are broken. So So I met the original, true little Al, which was great. And I I knew that your birthday was coming up. And so I said, you know, it would be really cool if you guys would be willing to sing happy birthday as a surprise to Dave because our episode came out on your birthday. So I, I was able to get that and sneak it in. They did a wonderful job singing happy birthday. Yeah, I, I'm just so honored that I had Al's gals <laughs> sing me happy birthday. I just, it's like, I don't even know how to know how to respond to it. It's just, it's just so amazing. <laughs> and their, their voices are just so amazing. Oh, and it was beautiful. And they just did. I mean, obviously they know the lyrics to Happy Birthday, right. but you know, they just did that like off the cuff. It's not like, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we're going to prepare for this. Let, let's get together and just do this. It was just like, all right. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, we can sing Happy Birthday and we can sing it absolutely beautiful and professional quality. And I mean, that song has gone into my uh, music collection and it's, <laughs> it's in regular rotation. I, even though it's not my birthday, right. you know, when I listen to it anymore. Every day can be your birthday. Every day it is my birthday because Al's gals are singing to me happy birthday every single day. I felt awkward asking. I always feel awkward like asking <laughs> for favors and stuff, but like I kind of like I was like, "Hey, you know, maybe we could." And they were just like, "Yes, of course." Like they were like so <laughs> happy to do it. And Aww. so so they did it. And like they they were like, "Hey, they like kind of like 
you know, mumbled to each other, like, you did this. I don't even know what they were saying, but they were like <laughs> figuring out who did which part. And I, it was just amazing to witness. And then right as they're finishing the song, they go, happy birthday, Dave. And the security guard walks by and he goes, happy birthday, Dave. <laughs> so that made it in there, unfortunately. But it's kind of funny. That's okay. <laughs> It gives a character right. and it shows that it was, it's a unique recording. So, you know, since I was meeting Monique for the first time and she obviously the crew and, and Lisa and Scotty have been talking about us and our podcast. I was telling her how we do these centimeter episodes. Yes. And they're like, what do you guys talk about in these centimeter episodes? They're like, you see, you know, very much the same show every time. I was like, well, we specifically look for small differences and we <laughs> talk about it and we track them and we make jokes about a, a spreadsheet and i'm not joking about the spreadsheet i, I really hope there jokes. are people out what are you there. talking about joking about a spreadsheet? frank is keeping the spreadsheets up to date so they're very interested so they're like what notes did you take for this show so i got out my notepad and i said well <laughs> you know i talked about you know how al Red al said you know yeah how al said the greater metro buffalo and you know <laughs> greatest tourist destination i listened to see if i hear the car horn during uh <laughs> the thing and i you know the red drink and I, like i say all this stuff and they're like wow like i never really noticed some of that stuff and so they thought that was really cool <laughs> wow. that we take it <laughs> take note of that kind of thing and elisa was saying that it was weird for them for how bright it was out because usually you know they're, they're they kind of get to be a little more stealth as they're going on and off stage sure and she said it was also a little distracting looking out in the audience and being able to clearly see people <laughs> singing along so seeing people like mouthing along it was a little distracting for her so i thought that was interesting oh. and i would love to find out more about what kind of what are their reactions to stuff in the audience so that was interesting to me yeah i would love to know some things like you know from their perspective because obviously you know they're looking out and you know they've got to you know pay attention and sing you know but but they i'm sure they have, have opportunities to kind of look out and, and gauge what's going on in the audience and just kind of especially in events like uh, when they're doing the arm waving during amish paradise what that must look like from yeah. the stage or the uh they happen to be a venue where people will take out their cell phones for don't download this song and use the little flashlight app or something yep. like th what that looks like from stage and just in general what the view is from their perspective and what the concert experience is from their perspective yeah it's a completely unique view that not a lot of people i mean over the years jim steve ruben and bermuda it's a view that really they and al have seen and now you know some of these orchestra people, I mean, they don't really have a whole lot of time to be looking out in the audience. So really, they have this unique ability. They're facing the audience and they really get to take right. it in and, and get this unique perspective. So I am curious to hear more about it. It was great to hear, get that uh, first glimpse. So then, uh, you know, Monique had to had to get going and stuff and, and they're, they're wrapping up. And Lisa and I were chatting right next to, if you noticed earlier, I set up that there was a sausage and peppers place. Yes. See see what I did? We're standing uh -huh. right there, and the guy at the joint was like, hey, we're going to toss this food. Would you like some? She's like, yeah, of course. So they give her like a, a hot dog or whatever. And, <laughs> and then he's like, hey, you know, we still have this big tray of stuff left that we're just going to toss. You think, you know, the band or the crew would want it? And she's like, oh, totally. Like, that, they totally will love that because uh, she said normally all they get to eat is leftover pizza from the VIP party. <laughs> so she's like, it'll be a welcome change to have, you know, home cooked, you know, Italian food and sausage and stuff. Well, see, now I feel bad when I take a second piece of pizza. Now I'm taking food away from the crew. Oh, well, I got to stop doing yeah, that. You got to consider the crew. No. So I'm, I'm sure they're happy to not have to eat more pizza. So she 
she's like, yeah, I, I'll take it back. But, she, like, her hands are full. She's like, I'm going to have to make a couple trips. And I was like, Lisa, I'm happy to help you carry the thing. I, you know, I, my hands were empty. So she's like, that'd be great. So I grabbed the, you know, this big tray of food and she just ushered me backstage. And, wow. it, you know, it was it was all outside. So it was just literally on the other side of a fence. <laughs> so I was back there with her and it was kind of cool. I didn't have any kind of pass. I just, you know, was with Lisa. So she brought me back and Lisa found someone on the crew and was like, hey, you, you guys want this? And they're like, yeah. So I handed it off and I was thanking Lisa. I was like, hey, you know, it's been really great chatting. Thanks again. And she's like, oh, well, I already got you back here. You might as well enjoy it a little bit. And I was like, okay. All right. <laughs> I'll enjoy it. So she's like, hey, I see, uh, you know, Jim and Bermuda over there. So, you know, we walked over. I said hi to Bermuda. He was talking to someone. But Jim was kind of hanging out. So went over and I talked to Jim a little bit. And we uh, we were just talking about a couple things. And that's where I first learned that they had actually performed at Red Rocks. So I told him, I said, Jim, the next show I'm seeing is Red Rocks. And he's like, oh, you know, this will actually be our second time there because we opened for the Monkees years ago. And I asked him if he had heard the new, there's a new Monkees album that came out a few years ago. Obviously not the full band because they're not all still with us. But I, right. I recommended it to him. And he's like, oh, cool. You know, I'm going to check it out. So it was really cool to see Jim. And I was like, at that point, I'm really close to the VIP party. I very easily could have just joined the line and, and met Al and get, you know, mm. signature and stuff. <laughs> I felt like yeah, that Greek story. I was flying a little cl- too close to the sun. At that point, Lisa was gone. <laughs> I'm just kind of backstage with no credentials, talking to Jim and, you know, Ruben's next to me. And I think Steve was on the bus and I just was like, hey, I'm going to head home. I got a a long drive ahead of me. So I didn't push it. I, you know, I enjoyed getting to hang out credentialless and I uh, I took off. (laughs) I had been texting with UH Jeff earlier in the day and he knew I had a, a three hour drive home. And him being three hours ahead over in, you know, Pacific time, said, hey, give me a ring when you're on your way home. So I actually got to talk to UH Jeff for an hour, two hours, and I got to hear all (laughs) about his UHF party and just some more, you know, fun experiences that (laughs) UH Jeff has had because, you know, he's had amazing experiences. Yes. So I got to hear some cool stories and it was good to talk to him and it helped pass the time on the uh, the dark and windy <laughs> road home to Syracuse, <laughs> where we are now. You could have just come with me, Dave. I don't know why you stayed here at my grandma's house for three days. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'd known there were so many empty seats in this, this venue, I might have come along. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, so it was cool. It was a good show. And I'm really just looking forward to Red Rocks now. Yes, our next show is in Morrison, Colorado, Red Rocks Amphitheater, right outside of Denver on August 1st. And I'm so looking forward to that show. It's going to be amazing. I mean, it sounds like you had an amazing time in Lewintown or whatever Al called (laughs) Lewinston. (laughs) All these concerts we've seen so far have been absolutely amazing. And I think that the show to be at is going to be Red Rocks Amphitheater. So I'm looking forward to that. What's really interesting is I love going to shows with friends, but it is an interesting experience because I literally did not know a single other person at the show, except for those on stage and backstage. I like (laughs) no one in the audience. Like there wasn't, as far as I know, or at least as you know, as I've heard, there was no Jeremy. There was no you. There was no Bob. Like, it was weird. I think it's the first show this tour where I literally didn't know a single other person in the audience. So it was kind of a weird experience. You met some great people. Oh, yeah. Right? You met oh, yeah, the yeah. gentleman with the tattoos and the other gentleman who would, who wanted you to sit in his seat. Right. <laughs> Passive aggressively <laughs> suggesting I move my seat, maybe. I don't know. No, but it was it is interesting because... You know, at this point, knowing so many other Weird Al fans and other yeah. tour chasers, it was interesting to kind of be the lone wolf. So, right. But 
every other show, the next seven shows, the last seven for me, will all be with you. So I'm excited to join back up with you. And um, I know Jackie will be there. My dad will be with us for Red Rock show. Jeremy's going to be at the Red Rock show. I know Allison Parsons will be there. So it'll be cool. I think it'll be another little reunion when we all go to Red Rocks. And then, of course, when we hit up Seattle and Canada, I'm sure we'll see some more friends, Kenneth included. So it'll be cool. And I got the lone wolf out of my system. I think I'm ready to <laughs> <laughs> to join the family again. Cool. So, all right. So, you know, I always ask you after every show, what was the uh, your song of the? I was going to say song of the evening, but I don't know if it was. Right. It might have been in a morning <laughs> show for all I know. Well, I got to pick "Smells Like Nirvana" because I finally got doused in the uh, this the special nectar of <laughs> "Smells Like Nirvana." We need to come up with a name, not holy water, but we need like Nirvana water. I call it Nirvana water, but I mean, I'll, I'll put that out to our listeners if you have a suggestion for what we should call the water that gets thrown out over the audience during Smells Like Nirvana, you can send us a message on Facebook at 2000inch Instagram and Twitter as well. Or you can call us on our special hotline 347 Spatula. If we get a couple good suggestions, maybe we'll put a poll in the Facebook group. I, I think that would be great. Oh, that's a good idea. Because that's I feel like the, the same way that we came up with Ruben Perer, and it's just a very <laughs> catchy and like you know fun to say name, there's got to be something less clunky than Nirvana Water. There's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll see. My vote's for Nirvana Water so far, since that's our only suggestion. What about SLNH2O? Because it kind of <laughs> sounds like a chemical element. <laughs> <laughs> like a molecular formula. <laughs> the molecular formula for smells like Nirvana water? Smells like be. S-L-N-H-2-O. <laughs> or smells like H-2-O or smell 2-O. I don't know. Send us your suggestions. We're, yes, we look forward to it. <laughs> Dave, thank you for joining me for this review. How do you know where my grandma lives? I'd love to tell you, but there's the theme music. This episode's over. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast bonus episode 19. Anyone with a Weird Al tattoo is not stupid, right, Dave? No, of course not.